ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. What's it like to live somewhere where drought is an everyday occurrence? The Bulu Shire and Diamantina Shires in far southwest Queensland have both been drought declared now for about a decade. So how do you manage in an environment that's continually experiencing below rainfall? Southwest of Thargaminda, you'll find Piccarilly Station. An owner, Anthony Glassing, grew up among the red dirt and braided channels and explains to me how his place looks right now. For this time of year, we, we probably don't look too bad. We, we're riding on the back of, of a big spring last year. Uh, we had a very wet spring last year, but then the summer didn't didn't really eventuate at all. But we've still got good standard dry feed um, and you know feeding lick and the stock are doing well. It's only dry feed and we'll be looking for something fairly soon after Christmas if we don't get anything before then. I read somewhere that 65% of the time uh, the Bulu Shire has been drought declared since the 60s. So this is, this is just <laughs> normal life for you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I actually didn't know that statistic, but it's yeah, it rings true. That's that's sort of more the norm to be dry than than the other way. We we learn to manage manage for it and and stock accordingly. And and in a lot of the times, we probably get through dry periods better than than some of the heavier rainfall areas because we're used to it and we we manage for it. I suppose. Yeah. Give us some examples of how you feel that you run your country differently because of the fact that you live on the edge of the desert? Oh, I think the, the, the biggest thing, because we are such low rainfall, it's very low carrying capacity. You know, normally always stock very conservatively with the idea, well, it, it could be six or 12 months till the next rain event and sometimes more. So uh, we're always very conscious of that. Whereas I suppose some of the higher rainfall areas where, where rainfall is more reliable and more consistent, they can push push the envelope a little bit more, and when it does get dry, it, it all happens a little bit quicker because of the, the the higher carrying capacity. Whereas out here, you can sort of see the writing on the wall fairly early, and and, and like I say, we're always fairly uh, lightly stocked anyway. It forces you to be more proactive. Yeah, I suppose you can get get backed into a corner or eat yourself into a corner fairly quickly when it's not unusual to, to not have a significant rain event for six, eight or ten months at a time. Uh, that's not, not uncommon at all. What is your carrying capacity at the moment across your place? How big's your property and therefore then what's your dry animal equivalent, let's say? Well, yeah, we, we work on the idea that the, the property's 270,000 acres and we work on that that's about 23,000 DSE. And at the moment, have you got that many on? Yeah, we do. We do. You have, though, uh, invested in property improvements. One, of course, is water ponding. The ABC has done stories in the past. Has that translated into higher carrying capacity in any way? Oh, I don't think we've increased our carrying capacity, but in smaller rainfall events, we'll get a lot bigger benefit from. Quite often, you can be going into a drought or even in a drought situation and have small small rain events, you know, 15, 20 mils. And, and if, if we can make better use of those falls of rain um, and get better infiltration, I think we it'll um, possibly over time could increase our carrying capacity. I think it, it definitely probably already has increased our carrying capacity, but not to the extent that we're running more stock, but we're consistently holding numbers. We're not getting 
getting forced to to sell down as early um, and we can hold on longer and we're, we're quicker to recover when we do get rain. What other ideas have you got to help you become more resilient to the variation in climate? Uh, I think exclusion fencing was one we did nearly six years ago. Now it's it's been massive, giving us a bit of control over total grazing pressure. That combined with the um, rehydration type work we're doing, the, the two are working together really, really well. As well as keeping the condition of your stock more steady, have you seen any landscape changes because of exclusion fencing, that total grazing pressure being reduced and so therefore vegetation having an opportunity to grow? Absolutely, yeah. And it's a combination of the rehydration work and the fencing, but there's areas, uh, one flat in particular, uh, where we've done some work that, that I remember seeing a little bit of Mitchell grass on when I was a kid, but haven't seen it since, and, and it's back there again now. Wow. Um, so that's that's just one example. Um, and, and just the, the Forbes and, and saline-type pastures are, are coming back as well. Like after winter rain, they, they seem to... Get, get established and get away so much better uh, thanks to the fence. Just a production question. In September, you decided to change from having a ram sale to a ram selection day. You were going to offer, instead of an auction, 95 rams all for $800 each in reflection of the really tough sheep job. Did that work? Yeah, I think it was a good decision. Um, we... On the day we got rid of 55 of those 90 rams, and I think it was uh, to to have an auction would have would have just been a little bit of a waste of time uh, with the the way the the markets oh not the markets more the seasons been there was just so many clients who were saying they don't even know if they're going to join or they're they're selling their their breeder numbers back don't need rams so it was um it was just a, a decision that we, we thought was the right way to go, and it certainly was. Um, I think if we if some rain starts falling, which it's this week shaping up fairly well for, for a lot of areas, I, I think I might get a few phone calls, like we've still got the rams here, um, and, and we'll get rid of a few more. But to, to try and just sell them all on, on the day at, at that particular time with, with the way the things were, it was never going to happen. So just finally, Anthony Glasson, you've grown up in that country, but people must still ask you, uh, there's a lot of hardship in your corner of Queensland. How do you do it? What's your answer to them? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's, um, I suppose you, you just learn to, learn to deal with it. It's, it's, it is a great place to live out here. and I suppose when, when I've been here my whole life, I've got a bit of a, a connection to the, to the property and the, and the community and, and, and we really enjoy it. It doesn't really matter where you go. There's going to be different issues. As um, you can get caught saying the grass is greener, um, sometimes you better just sticking with what you know and what you like and and and, and enjoy. And, and yeah, that's that's the way I look at it.